Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us. All that once was good, and it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast, and it is episode number 273, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Come. Share your pain with us here as we talk about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Uh, Before we get started, though, I am uh, John Reed, your host. I'm joined tonight by Pat Canigallo and Bo Warmbold. We'll be talking to them here in just a minute. But very quickly, let me get through our spoiler alert. We spoil the movies we talk about. If you don't want to be spoiled, go watch Star Trek V. Come back later. We may spoil other movies as we are just letting the conversation flow. So just be aware of that. That is the typical MO of our podcast. If you have not yet left us an iTunes review, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you either Twitter, Facebook, uh, email, voicemail, any of those different places. We've got all those different spots where you can connect with us on our website, 30podcast.com. Um, but if you have not left us an iTunes review, if you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear from you. So please go ahead, hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review there. Um, I am going to jump right on into this month in 1989. Um, so every... Usually episode, we kind of do a little spotlight of some things that were happening on the year. Um, We are currently in 1989 because it was 30 years ago from this year. Um, So this month in 89, we are talking about sports this time around. I've got two different things that came up uh, in sports in November of 1989. November 3rd, the expansion team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, make their NBA debut. And on November 19th, Steffi Graf defeats Martina Navratilova to retain the tennis championship. All right, let's dive right on into Star Trek V. The movie this time is Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. It was released on the 9th of June, 1989, rated PG, with a runtime of 1 hour and 47 minutes. Director was William Shatner. Uh, He also directed or starred in T.J. Hooker and the William Shatner War Chronicles. Producer on this one was Harv Bennett. He died in 2015. He also did Time Tracks, the 1970s version of The Bionic Woman, and Star Trek II through V. Writers for this one were William Shatner, Harve Bennett, and David Lowry, who did the story. David Lowry also did the screenplay. Uh, Shatner also wrote for Tech War. Bennett wrote for the uh, late 60s, early 70s Mod Squad. And Lowry did the 1993 Three Musketeers. Cinematography was done by Andrew Laszlo, who died in 2011. He did Inner Space, The Warriors, and First Blood. Music was done by Jerry Goldsmith. He died in 2004. Uh, he also did Alien, Poltergeist, and Gremlins. Music was also provided by Hiroshima. Uh, Hiroshima, uh, this is the only um, credit on Hiroshima's IMDb page. Budget for this one was $33 million. Box office was $63 million. Rotten Tomatoes critics, the critics were not kind to this one. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 22%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 24%. IMDb gives it a 55%. Letterboxd, a 48%. And CinemaScore, an A-. 
William Shatner plays Captain Kirk. He was in T.J. Hooker, Tech War, and Boston Legal. Leonard Nimoy, who died in 2015, plays Spock. He was in Mission Impossible and the Transformers movies, pretty much everything from 1986 and the newer ones, and the TV series Fringe. DeForest Kelly uh, died in 1999. He played Dr. McCoy. He was in Bonanza and The Lone Ranger. James Doohan played Scotty, Mr. Scott. He was in Jason of Star Command and Peyton Place. Walter Koenig played Chekhov. He was in Babylon 5 and Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. Nichelle Nichols played Uhura. She was in Snow Dogs and the TV series Heroes. George Takai well, played Sulu. He was in Heroes and Super Ninjas. David Warner played St. John Talbot. Uh, he was in Titanic, Tron, and Mary Poppins Returns. Lawrence Luckinbill played Cybok. He was in Cocktail and Murder, She Wrote. Charles Cooper, who died in 2013, played Cord. He was in Blind Fury and The Wrong Man. Cynthia Gow played Caitlin, Caitlin Dar. I think I said that right. Caitlin Dar. Yep. Uh, she was in The Heart of Justice and Matlock. Todd Bryant paid, played Captain Claw. He was in Night of the Creeps and Everything Must Go. Uh, Spice Williams Crosby played Vixus. She was in The Giver and Bare Knuckles. Rex Holman played John. He was in Kung Fu and Gunsmoke. And George Murdoch, who died in 2012, played the God character. He was in The X-Files and Orange County. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. A strange force has entered the galaxy. The future of mankind is at stake. It could only mean one thing. Greetings, Captain. Spock! I do not think you realize the gravity of your situation. The vacation is over. Now, the crew of the Starship Enterprise... Enterprise, are you ready? ...is taking adventure where it has never gone before. What are you standing around for? Do you not know a jailbreak when you see one? From the mind of a madman. Hostile force has taken control of our vessel. Mr. Sulu, full ahead. Through the center of the galaxy. You know we'll never make it through the Great Barrier. To the final frontier. Fascinating. How often have you done this? Actually, it's my first attempt. Fire the rockets! You never cease to amaze me. Nor I myself. This is the boldest trek of all. Warp speed now. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Mr. Scott, you're amazing. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. So my first question, what does God need with a starship? What indeed? <laughs> I don't. I, that's not one of our questions, really. If you want to try to answer it later, that's totally fine. But um, so this movie, it's uh, apparently back in 2013, there was a Star Trek convention in which they decided to rank the Star Trek movies, and I believe that this one got ranked even below Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm. I believe if I read that right, I think they were ranking it and they got down to like the last two and star Trek into darkness was the next to last. And then they ranked this one as the last movie. So how does that make you feel? Let's, let's change up our first question a little bit. Not as how does this movie make you feel? How does it make you feel that this is often considered to be the worst star Trek movie? I, I get it, but this is coming from a, from a place of someone who loves star Trek and any movie that, celebrates it it's going to be good for me mm -hmm. but i think it might 
be the way this movie came together and what they ended up doing with it might make it the least enjoyable. You know, I can't even say least enjoyable because they're enjoyable moments, but the least coherent at least, and certainly the least commercially viable um, as a standalone film. One of the things that I've come to, that I've decided about this movie, and I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead here, but this um, most movies, most Star Trek movies are, the good ones anyway, are telling a story that is too big to have been an episode of Star Trek. Mm Mm-hmm this would have been a really great episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Not a great Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is exactly some of the stuff they did in the original series specifically, even a little bit on Next Gen and Deep Space, but definitely more on, on the original series. Esoteric uh, versions of religion and, and, and things. and that This is textbook Star Trek, just not so much textbook Star Trek movie. When we were talking about this a little bit before, you know, I think a few days ago, we were kind of talking about this back and forth a little bit, or maybe it was one of the last times we recorded, um, we were talking about this and I was thinking about it even more. And I was like, you know, this would make a, this would make a really good season of Star Trek Discovery. Yes. You know, this would be, if it was a season long arc and if you had the, the idea of these religious extremists who have decided that they have found God. They know where God is and they're going to steal a starship and go find him. Like I could see that being a really good season long arc of discovery or, or a star Trek TV show, whatever. But I, I was thinking about it in terms of discovery and I was like, you know what? This could be a really good season of discovery if they did it that way. Cause then you can tease some of those things out a little bit more. Some of the things, like you said, this is not a good movie, but it would be a good episode of the old series. I think there's, there's better stuff here than what they had time to do. Or, or even, um, of course, I'm blanking on the name of the freaking episode right now. The apple's the one that comes to mind all the time mm-hmm. when you think about God and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm looking over my notes here because I made a few, but like it's that sort of thing. Like they find a false god and right. they suss him out in. Let's be honest, not that much time once they've gotten there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, so many problems. Mm-hmm. There's a there were um. Sorry, I don't want to jump ahead. I want to hear what Pat has to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm 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 definitely uh, hearing everything you're saying and and what you're describing. Uh, I I I wholeheartedly agree with and and um, uh, you know I I definitely respect your knowledge of Star Trek and all that kind of thing and yeah i get it that it's just like this this could have maybe been boiled down into an episode i guess what i get and why i i can understand where people give it a hard time i mean i enjoyed it like you said both more star trek more better it's fun um these characters are so lived in at this point that it's just fun seeing those actors fired up one more time i mean mm-hmm. that's that's fun but i guess i could see because you know you had a really powerful story arc between the second third and fourth yeah. right and when you come up that fourth one, I mean, that was one that there were a lot of people that weren't trackies would go see that. You know, you had a lot of it that was kind of out of that sci-fi world, you know, because it was set back in 1980, whatever. Um, was it 86, 87? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so you had a lot of that. You had, you know, Spock trying to, you know, 
become the person that he used to be? You know, is he, is he getting used to having his mind back in his body? Um, you know, you had them, you know, try to, try to solve this huge problem and, and kind of seeing these, these characters out of their depth. You know, I mean, you had that whole Kirk, Spock, and McCoy relationship trying to advance to the next level. You know, you had these, these big, heavy um, uh, plot threads. And in this one, you really, they don't quite pick it up. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, and I mean, I almost wonder if, if they had written this more like episode five as like a continuation of like the next part of that two, three, four, now here's five. Um, you know, I mean, they even kind of lay claim or not lay claim to it, but they kind of hint at it because it was like, it ended with Star Trek four was let's see what she's got. And they kind of draw reference to it that, yeah, we found out all right. The ship had a lot of bugs and everything. Let's see what she's got. He said, (laughs) (laughs) that was, and it was like, they wanted to go in that direction because Scotty was kind of making talking about that. But then it's weird because there's one scene where the thing's just floating through space which would make you think, okay, it just went out and crapped out in the middle of their, you know, shakedown cruise. But then the flip side, the first time you see it is it's in space. Right. Yeah. I will say with this movie, I, as a kid, I remember why, and I was a huge Star Trek fan. In fact, for a while, I, I probably would even say I was a bigger Star Trek fan than I was a Star Wars fan. Um, and I remember, I remember when this movie came out and I remember going to see it in the theater and I remember loving this movie. I mean, it was, it was that same kind of thing. It was, it was the same thing that I have with kind of star Wars now is I'm going to enjoy any star Wars movie that comes out. Even if it's not a great star Wars movie, I'm going to enjoy it because it's star Wars. Um, I, I think I read or heard somebody say somewhere that star Trek and, and any franchise, it's probably good. If you just go in with the expectation that if you're going to jump into a franchise, 30 to 40% of it is probably not going to be very good. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those situations, but as a kid, I remember watching this movie and I remember really liking this movie as yeah. a kid. And it wasn't until later and it probably actually wasn't even until the internet that, and I hadn't watched this movie in a while, but then reading on the internet and hearing other people say like, Oh yeah, Star Trek five, it's the worst one. And I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. I guess I need to go back and rewatch it then. Cause it's, it's been years. I mean, granted I was a kid when I watched it. So tastes are probably different, but I don't remember it being the worst. And then I did go back a few years ago and, and rewatch it again. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, now, I, I get it. <laughs> it's, I still enjoy it. Like I still enjoy it for a, being a star Trek movie, but you know, I, I don't, I can't argue with anybody ranking it towards the bottom, especially when you compare it with what came right before it and what came right after it. Right. Like, yeah, no, there's, there's no comparison. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't mean it's not fun, but right. Well, and I think, too, that you get, if you would have continued, when McCoy does that phrase, I liked him better before he died, you know, and I'm like, aha, and it was funny, but like, make that like a serious point where he's, he's still struggling to become that friend that they've known for however many long, you know, like that, that could have been, and I think would have added a little bit of uh, weight or gravitas to the thing. So it's not like just kind of cute and haha and everything's a punchline. I think that, uh, um, so I could see where people see it and they say, okay, well, it's a little silly because they focused on the silly. If they would have focused on that, and I'm sure we're about to get into some of these heavier themes that are in there, I think then you would have had a little bit more of something that, like you said, was bigger than a television show 
and heavy enough for a movie. Well, that's when we when we talk about. So I'm going to kind of blend our some of our questions together here because I think we've, we're kind of already headed in that direction. When we talk about what doesn't work and what works in this movie, I'm going to start for me. I'm going to start with what doesn't work, and then what works. Because Pat, you just said it, and it for me it kind of all blends together. Is they went? I think William Shatner went too far into the silly. He mm-hmm. went too far into the slapsticky comedy kind of stuff, and really missed the an opportunity to. If, like you, if I think Bo, you said, if it was a continuation, or maybe Pat, you said, I don't, I don't remember. If it was a continuation, yeah. okay. If it was a continuation of two, three, and four, you've in three, you kind of set the stage of we're going to be looking at the idea of uh, mortality and the idea of the soul, and you know what does that mean? Like what you know, McCoy has spock's soul inside of him and and but the spock that's there does not have it and and then that opens up all kinds of different ideas which they could have perfectly blended into this movie because if you're looking if the movie is about the search for what they believe is god in each of these different cultures whether it's the the hebrew god or shakari or whatever it is um then you could have perfectly taken some of those things you started in star trek 3 and then had it kind of hop over into Star Trek five and had it be, you could still put that humor in there, but it doesn't need to be quite so heavy as what it became. Right. And it just, to me, that's where, that's where this movie could have worked. And, you know, the idea behind it, what the, the bones that were there, um, no pun intended. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that. Um, but the, the, you know, the structure that's there could have perfectly allowed for that to happen and to have those, discussions of the soul and belief and faith and God and, and all of that stuff, all the, all the spiritual side of things. And it just, I think it just, it just went too far into the slapstick comedy and it really missed a chance to be something better. Yeah. 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 You, you hear a lot about how the production issues that plagued this one caused a lot of it. I mean, there are memos and I'm trying to find, there were some links that I have seen over the years, but of course right now I can't find it. Well, and and William Shatner, he, did you read the apology that he issued a few years ago? Yes. Yeah. So I'll read, I've got it up on my screen right now, so I'll read it. It, uh, apparently he kind of had a non-apology apology. apology. And so here's what William Shatner said about Star Trek V. I got the chance to direct a several million dollar movie, Star Trek V, and I did not get the help I needed in allocating my budget. So when it came to shooting the ending, needing a good villain and lots of computer graphics, I had run out of money. Sorry about that. I had to use footage I already had shot and spit on it a lot. I wanted to give the audience earth-breaking slash or earth-breaking granite monsters spewing rocks and fire. Instead, I had a few pebbles in my hand that I threw at the camera. I mean, yeah, there were there were budget issues. They didn't use ILM. They used some post-production house out of New Jersey. Um, this was when Gene's involvement was waning. Um, there are memos. I finally found the link to the memo. Just the, I'll read the opening paragraph. There's a whole page full of memos about this movie that I'll share with you guys. But like this first paragraph, I think, sort of sums it all up. This is uh, Gene Roddenberry to Bill Shatner. Bill, as you undoubtedly know, I expressed to Harv Bennett at lunch last Monday my deep disappointment in the proposed Star Trek V film story. I simply cannot support such a story which has our intelligent and insightful crew mesmerized by a 23rd century religious charlatan. And it goes on from there. He, Gene went so far as to send um, 
letters to Isaac Asimov, Arthur Clark, Arthur C. Clarke, um, talking about how he needed their backing to say how terrible a script it was. Because if he had their backing, Paramount might not make this thing. He, uh, he was beside himself about this movie. Which, is, which to me is hysterical because Gene was the one behind the secular humanism that was Star Trek. And what's more secularly humanistic than going to find a god and proving that he's false? So I, just from the beginning, I feel like this movie was doomed. But we got the row, row, row your boat scene, so you know. <laughs> well, that could, have, that could have just like the debate over Genesis you know, between Spock and McCoy. Right. That could have easily been a a religious debate between those two. Maybe, but maybe we don't want to go there, you know, like for whatever reason, we we don't want to go there. So, I mean, you know that, and this is, I'm kind of uh, uh, giving away, I'm sure like the next big topic, but there could have been a big philosophical debate uh, about, you know, your pain and do you need your pain? Mm -hmm. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I know some of the things we've talked about before. That could have all been there like it was in the second one and the third one. And, you know, to some degree, you, you saw that in the fourth one. You know, there was that morality of, you know, we hunted these. You know, now we, we're paying the price for it. And I feel like, I feel like too, that you, you really had an opportunity with Kirk's whole thing of, you know, I've always known I'm going to die alone. Like, you can take that and run with it because obviously that comes back towards the end of the movie too. And that has its own kind of implications. If you want to talk about as the actors, as they're all getting older, cause this is round about the time. Well, they started complaining about being older in star Trek too. <laughs> so we've had what, three, three movies, old. right? We've got three movies now of, you know, yay, we're old. Let's talk about how we're old and now we're going to die. And thankfully they finally mostly got away from that in star Trek six, but um, they could have still, kind of played with that a little bit the the idea of mortality and the philosophy of it all and um you know you could have had around the campfire you could have started that discussion which then would lead into the rest of the plot of the movie so do you think so here's here's a question that a little bit different than some of the other ones we've asked because this is part of a franchise how much do you think this movie influenced what they did with later movies well i think this movie being as not so great as it was is why they're definitely was going to be a star trek six mm-hmm. i don't think anyone wanted to end on this even though the title was the final frontier yeah <laughs> um i debate that kirk ended up dying alone in generations mm-hmm. i don't know that he was technically alone but yeah you could make, you could make the argument that he kind of was yeah I, I, I remember watching that though and going how the heck does he know that i mean <laughs> you know you're gonna I alone for crying out loud. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't get it. You know, I was when that came out, I, I know that was like I was old enough to know that that was like a powerful statement. Whoa. Well, because it, it ended up being used as a sloppy writing device where when you see him in the final one of the final scenes of the movie and the other people have been able to get out and he's the only one left, you're supposed to think that oh no, he's alone. Right. Something bad might actually happen to oh no. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, for me, that's, that's one of the things about this movie is it just doesn't follow through. It's, it takes ideas that could have been good and it just doesn't, you know, it just fizzles out. And I, you know, and I always took it to mean he knew he would die alone more in the, I'm going to die 
old and alone because Starfleet has been my life, and mm-hmm. you know, and in the end, not really. Do we have a favorite scene in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Is yours the fan dance, Bo? Is that why you're laughing? No, no, no. no it's it's <laughs> when Spock drops down the turbo shaft, and <laughs> Kirk has just said, "Where's Spock?" and he drops down on his gravity boots, and mm-hmm. Kirk yeah. jumps on, and then they go down, and they pick up McCoy, and then they start sinking, and <laughs> uh, fire the rockets, and they go up way to a. It appears I've overshot by one level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's funny. It's very Star Trek in a way, but it's also frustrating because it's emblematic of this movie mm-hmm. in that eh, you could have done it differently and it wouldn't have been so stupid and slapstick. And I'm not sure it was necessary. Well, you know, it calls back to another great 1989 movie. You hop on the gravity boots and all of a sudden start uh-huh. sinking. I just wanted Kirk or Spock to turn around and go, you weigh a little more than 108. You weigh a little more than 108. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to take anyone else's, but I have one more if no one mentions it. Yeah, go, go for it. Okay. I mean, Scotty runs headlong into a girder on a ship he knows like the back <laughs> of his hand. I mm-hmm. mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, to me, I remember watching as a kid and I remember thinking like the very end, the reveal of who this God character is and, and kind of that whole scene. I I thought that was kind of a fun scene. Now the way it all kind of unravels in the end, maybe not quite as much, but, um, and you know, the fact that this entity can be taken out with a, you know, well-timed phaser blast or a torpedo. I kind of, um, I kind of like the whole escape into the enterprise with the shuttlecraft and Mm -hmm. timing I thought that scene was pretty cool. I guess, oh, yeah. and you know, I know ILM didn't uh, didn't uh, do the special effect, and I just have to say it as, as an aside. Even I could notice that. Like, I mean, uh-huh. looking at the effects, and it wasn't the set. Like the set, actually, you know, with all the light panels and boards and screens, and I, I mean, that all looked really slick. But then it was like, as soon as there was anything with like a photon torpedo or a you know. A, phaser or something it just was like oh wow this, this looks really amateur yeah i mean I, I hate to say that because i'm sure it's like a professional company that does a lot of this and blah 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 but yeah that really stood out but i i think almost that whole shuttlecraft scene i mean even and i just say give us more i mean you know give us where the bird of prey is maybe chasing it around you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean just just like there were lots of little action things and lots of little humor and all that. But I mean, I'd almost say if there were some find your, find your three or four scenes throughout that are supposed to be high action and amplify those and then get the rest of the movie into that philosophical debate, you know? Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess as far as the scene, I, I kind of like that. Another great Scotty mm-hmm. scene, plan B for barricade. He <laughs> cannot be serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was enough room for humor when he's like, oh, sure. How, how many times have you done this before? Actually, it's my first attempt. My first attempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's quite good. Really. And then the looks they threw at each other. I mean, all that was great. And that, there's the time for it. And that's the time for it. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else we want to say about it before we jump into our five questions? Well, uh, we didn't quite delve into this, but I just want to say it would have been 
really exciting to see them explore that idea of a pain that you carry. Because mm -hmm. I remember when I saw this, and I can't remember, my, my grandmother really liked Star Trek, and I can't remember whether she took me to the theater or what, but I remember talking about it with her and my parents being like, okay, what's my pain? I, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't know what would appear. I mean, and, and I was just told, you're not old enough to have a pain yet. Mm -hmm. And it was like, and, and it wasn't quite a shutdown, but it was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, and, and I remember my folks kind of, and my grandma, you know, kind of explaining, well, that's something that it's, it's, it's just something heavy, it's a weight, and usually, you know, usually that happens in adulthood. Luckily, you, you know, you've had a wonderful childhood, so you don't have something that you're carrying with you, like, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, it's like, that was like, oh, wow, that really likes to come with me. So I guess, you know, that, that was a pretty cool angle to put in the movie. And again, if they would have really explored that a little bit more, I think we would have had a little bit more of a, a classic Star Trek movie. You know, it would have been mm -hmm. a little bit of a cut off, but that would be my only thing. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that's what, going back to that, that earlier comment of, I think this would make a really great arc within a Star Trek TV show, uh, like to explore that idea. You know, if you had, you had a, a cast of characters that as you're getting to know them over the course of a TV show, you know, with a lot of stuff lately with the way Netflix has been doing things and some of the other like Disney plus, we just got that with the way they're doing a lot of their, their shows now, like I'm almost more excited for these TV series uh, than I am for a movie because I know they've got more time to kind of tease out those ideas. And if it's something as, as heady as pain, personal pain and the pain that you carry around with you and, and that you need that pain to be who you are, if that defines part of who you are and, and to just blank slate, get rid of it um, is, you know, that would take too much away of who you are. Then I, I think seeing that over the course of a TV series would just be so much better to have that long form way of drawing that out and, and getting to see what that means for your different characters. Cause really in this movie, it's, it's not a long movie and it, you don't get much time. It's just very superficial pain. You don't get all that time to really explore that idea. Like you're saying. All right. Well, speaking of pain, let's start with five questions. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. Why are you asking me for? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. So five question number one. Um, uh, of the five questions, question number one, dealing with a little bit of pain here, uh, they heavily implied in this movie that Kirk might die at the end. Would you have preferred him to die here? or the way he died in Star Trek Generations. And I will say, I probably would have been okay if he had died here, but then we wouldn't have Star Trek VI, so I wouldn't be very happy. Um, but I did not like the way that he died in Generations. I, I thought that was a terrible way for Kirk to die. I get that he ultimately saved the universe by you know, sacrificing himself that way, but I don't know. I just... I think I kind of pictured, you know, Captain Kirk, even an older Captain Kirk, I, I pictured him going out a different way. And that was not the way I pictured him going out. So I would have been, if, if Star Trek six did not exist, um, I would have been okay if they would have found some way for him to die here. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I, mean, I just, he has to be there. 
for Star Trek six to be what it is. Right. So, you know, it's a tough one to really start changing the universe on that one. Yeah. I, I guess given this movie to kill him off at the end of a movie like this, I, I would have, the movie is not that heavy. It's supposed to be a lighthearted romp for the state. I mean, if it's cornball and cheesy and all that kind of stuff, you know, so be it. But that's kind of what I think the gist of this particular chapter in the in the saga is. And if you start killing him off at the end of that, that would be sort of like I don't know. That would come out of left field, and it would be like, wow, there was like no setup about that. Yeah. I mean, I I just I don't think that would gel as well. All right, question number two, if your choice, if you had to choose, and your choice was to side with Kirk and stay away, or side with Cybok and join the search for the god of Shakari, uh, which one would you choose? And I'll, I'll jump in real quick because I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, does anybody know where the name Shakari came from? Anything to do with chakras? Because that's the only thing I can come up with. No, it's actually a little bit similar to the movie that we talked about last week. They wanted the character of Rufus to be played by Sean Connery. They wanted the character of God to be played by Sean Connery. Oh, oh seriously? Seriously. And then when they didn't get him, they're like, oh, well, we'll just kind of keep the name in there. So that's where they got the God of Shakari. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe, maybe that just adds to the rest of the movie. If you want to sum up this movie, oh, that's disappointing. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> That's that's, just, that's what I read. I, it may be wrong, but what I read oh, was no. You know what? With everything else with this, I am not even gonna think mm-hmm. that that could be wrong. Yeah. So, what would you do? Would you join the search, uh, or would you stay away? I'm probably staying away. Yeah, me too. I mean, given the yeah. given the parameters as they are in the movie, like you've got a madman who's taken over the ship. I'm with the group that's plotting to take it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're, I mean, if we're talking purely on religious grounds. Um, you know, I, I have my own belief and understanding of what God is. So if somebody told me, Hey, God's in the middle of the galaxy. Uh, no, <laughs> not, not, not as I understand it. So that wouldn't be anything that would entice me, you know, even that kind of explorer sense that, you know, Star Trek is supposed to have where, and I think you, they try to almost use that against the crew of the enterprise at some point. So, well, but wouldn't you want to know? And I think for me, in, in my own faith and beliefs, I'm like, well, no, I, I, I don't need to know because that's not what I believe. Mm-hmm. If you had something very compelling to tell me otherwise, then I, maybe I'd listen to it or, or consider it. But I don't know. You're going to risk the lives of everybody on this ship and go to something that probably is not what you think it is. And so, no, I think I'm staying behind. All right. What is your favorite Star Trek story that deals with religion or spirituality? And I, this was, this was actually a pretty easy one for me. I'm just going to go with the pilot episode um, or maybe the first couple of episodes of deep space nine. Good choice. I just, I really liked, I didn't feel like Star Trek had really gone that direction before. And I remember watching that as a kid, the first time I actually had my uncle had taped some of it for me and uh, mailed it to me because we lived over in England. Right. And Deep Space, Deep Space Nine, I don't think was going to come on for another year in England. So he recorded, I think, the first eight episodes for me on a VHS tape and either mailed it or gave it to us when we came back for Christmas. Um, and I took it back with me and just blew through those and must have watched that tape over and over again. Um, but just it was a different take for Star Trek. And, and I just really liked it. Yeah. And you could roll the last few episodes from that show in there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What about you, Patrick? Well, 
I kind of went with the more generic thing, but very much like John, I, I said just all the times it comes up in Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had a specific one, but I mean, they get everything from like, you know, there's demons that like take possession of characters and all that kind of stuff, which, um, do, do you remember the one where Keiko visits the fire caves? Mm-hmm. Dude, that was a straight up, that was a creepy episode. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. And so you have everything from that, which is a little bit more of the, okay, religion as a, you know, a thing in sci-fi to, you know, trying to describe different ways that, you know, people see God, you know, and there was that ongoing debate or undercurrent that ran through just about all of the episodes of, okay, these are the wormhole aliens. No, they're not. They're our gods. Well, that, you know, and it's like, I, I can't say that I necessarily would agree with that, but that's why, you know, Star Trek's not a religion, but it's just that it makes you think like, okay, if, you know, if there is this higher supreme being, how would it manifest itself? And how would you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that undercurrent that ran throughout the show, I don't have a specific one I can put my finger on, but that undercurrent where there was that debate or there was that, and maybe, maybe that's what was great about the show too, is there was just, a general acceptance among the friends and the colleagues of we each kind of see this differently and we can still move ahead together as friends and as a team and all that knowing that we see this differently you know i think that was the bigger message that i liked about faith is that you know there was no right or wrong period for the main characters so yeah i I like what deep space nine did with it Right now, I was thinking about the New Eden episode from Discovery. Mm. Um, mm, yeah, they make some interesting references to Pike's father being religious, and they show that this this group of people that were saved from Earth had kind of kept components from all the major religions of the time, and there was just a lot of really cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it grew into in Discovery with the Red Angel and some of that symbolism and whatnot. It was an interesting take on, on religion in Star Trek. Nice. Something different. Yeah. I like what they did with Captain Pike. Made him spiritual in a way. Very interesting what they've done with that character. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so to question four, in one sentence, so I didn't put this out originally, but in one sentence, what did the entity who was imprisoned at the center of the galaxy do to get locked up there? My one sentence is he stayed out past curfew with Q's daughter. Oh, I'm thinking he stole a starship. Hmm. I was thinking some sort of, a, you know, war criminal or something like that for the other weird beings. Sure. And general Zod ended up in that weird mirror thing floating through earth. This uh-huh. was, all right, so clearly you guys went serious and I went Animal House. <laughs> I don't know, messing with Q's daughter, that's pretty serious. That's, it gets you locked up in this, uh, beyond the Great Barrier. Uh-huh. All right, uh, and then final question um, is, which representative would you rather hang out with on Nimbus 3, the planet of galactic peace, human, Romulan, or Klingon? Uh, do you mean in general or these specific ones from this specific These movie? specific ones from this movie. Oh, come on. There's only one right answer to that. 
well, there was only one wrong answer for me. I was like, well, I'd either hang out with a human or Romulan, most likely Romulan. Okay. Um, she could bring the Romulan ale and right, and those eyes. <laughs> that, hey, that that was my thought. I I was just gonna stay far away from the Klingon. I just kind of think that oh, there's cord no, cord would be fun to drink with. There is he'd no be fun doubt. to drink with, but I'm not sure there's enough uh, Febreze in the room to no, yeah, help make up for that. Yeah, cord would have been fun. You know, I mean, I fun to hang with the Klingons. I mean, if I was going to hang with a Klingon, it would either be Worf or Martok from Deep, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. The, 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 Martok uh, would have some good stories. Oh, that guy'd be that guy'd be amazing. But uh, is um, um, as far as the human goes, he seems like he'd just be cynical. Like I just yeah. find myself like he seems like a nice enough guy, but he's like one of those guys that I'd be talking to, and I'd probably just like about five minutes into the conversation, just start getting really pissed. True. True. You know, it just, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Um, so thank you, gentlemen, for being with me here. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. And uh, next up is our month of December. We've got some great movies coming up in December. So we hope you'll join us for that. we got Christmas Vacation, Say Anything, When Harry Met Sally, and The Rise of Skywalker. So in the oh. meantime, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. Merrily, 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 merrily